Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a Tuesday live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. J-Mac, it's as if I can see into the future. You're on a heater. Jalen Ramsey, LeBron. You know, we're getting close to March Madness. You, you got some picks you're going to give out here for the tourney? <laughs> Take Creighton. <laughs> <laughs> Melancholy mood in Lakerland, Colin. All right. So when I suggested yesterday, with the Lakers' big come-from-behind win against Dallas, which I was on a plane, I watched every basket. I suggested that my takeaway from that win was not the win, it was LeBron limping out of the tunnel. And I challenged Laker fans, give me the last three-week stretch with LeBron and AD when one of them wasn't on the floor writhing in pain, had to leave a game early, or wasn't limping out of the tunnel. The fanboys were beside themselves. You can't remember it. It just doesn't happen anymore. And now we know this morning LeBron's going to be out several weeks. And as I often say, barring an injury, I thought the Lakers could be a playoff team. This has a, the potential to eliminate that. And I, and I preached this yesterday. This is the new reality. And this injury now provides more clarity for the 39th time you got to move off LeBron and Anthony Davis, the duo, probably keep LeBron, move off AD. I could argue this morning that LeBron's injury, let's say misses eight to nine games, and let's say AD falls again. We don't want any bad things to happen to AD, but he misses a couple of games and they miss the playoffs is not a terrible thing. It would create an ice bath, a shocking, alarming reality. The franchise needs it. You know, there's an old saying. It's one of my favorites. You can look into your past. Don't stare at it. The Lakers do a lot of staring. 
at the banners and at their past. And at their very best, they were connected to Hollywood. Jerry Buss and Showtime, fun and flashy and magic and titles and glitzy and blockbusters. And they're very much still currently connected to Hollywood. Knockoffs, reboots, and nobody watches the Oscars. LeBron AD, the original, is good. It filled the theaters, but LeBron 82, LeBron 83, LeBron 84. I'll say it again. My takeaway on the Dallas win, and I said it yesterday, was LeBron limping out of the tunnel. He then shared, it appears to be a clinic or a hospital shot of his leg all wrapped up, wherever that is, whoever is helping him. We're not rooting for more injuries. What we're rooting for in Los Angeles and what everybody should be rooting for is clarity. This is not a franchise that figures out the simple stuff. They look in the past. They romanticize it. They count banners. I just spent uh, about three and a half, four hours watching some amazing television. It was ESPN's 30 for 30. It was a three-part series on the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. Strongly encourage you watching. It was fantastic. It brought back a flood of remarkable memories. The Celtics and Bird and McHale and Parrish and Ainge and eventually Walton against Worthy and Wilkes and Kareem and Magic and Michael Cooper. NBA heyday. Been a lot of great teams. Never been a rivalry or a decade quite like that. And that was great. And that was like 40 years ago. And the bubble thing was like three or four years ago. So um, this again demonstrates LeBron AD, this blueprint is over. No more reboots. It's over. It doesn't work. It's too old. They're talented when they play together. They just don't very often. Wish LeBron the very best of luck. He'll be back in probably two, three weeks. Okay, so uh, mock draft time. Mel Kuyper came out with a mock draft, and it is exactly yesterday, yesterday something we strongly suggested the Chicago Bears do. Bears have the number one pick. So Mel Kuyper's mock draft has the Bears making two trades, one to the Texans and then another to the Colts, and the Bears end up with multiple picks, and they end up at four. That, to me, is the way you could manipulate the draft. And I don't know what the Bears would get by going down one spot and then eventually down to four. And by the way, at four, they'd still get like a Will Anderson edge rusher, Jalen Carter defensive tackle. They need both, and we know the Bears. They'll draft defense. That's what they do. Um, and, And here's why it's important to get multiple picks. The Bears, the league has pivoted to offense, and the Bears haven't. So you have to give the Bears a surplus of picks to get the offense right. Just think about this. In the 103-year history of the Chicago Bears, they've never had a quarterback throw for over 4,000 yards. The Packers have done it 17 times. Last five years, Mahomes has done it five times. Geno Smith did it last year. Bears have none in 103 years. They can't do offense. Last year, their first offensive pick, third round, uh, Velas Jones, wide receiver, bust. Their first two picks, cornerback safety, great players. They can't draft offense. They don't get it. They can't scheme it. They don't think it. It's a defensive culture. So you need multiple picks. Joe Namath threw for 4,000 yards in 1967. The Bears in 2022 can't get close. I could give you... The Mitch Trubisky debacle, number two pick, 
ridiculous, embarrassing reach. Kevin White, wide receiver, number seven pick. Complete and utter bust. Velas Jones, bust. They, they drafted a tackle in the second round a couple years ago out of Oklahoma State. It's supposed to be the, the tackle of the future. They've already moved him inside to guard. They can't draft even Justin Fields. Even Justin Fields. We're two years in. I'm not blaming solely Justin Fields. He's 5-20 and 20 with a passer rating under 80 and completing less to, than 60% of his throws. Like, they, they can't figure out offense. So you have to give the Bears multiple picks so they can have some whiffs. And I'm not saying they've, they've never drafted a good offensive player, but you have to go back to Alshon Jeffrey. 2012 draft, I think, the last time they hit a star skill player in the draft. Ten years ago. The Seahawks got two starting tackles, both excellent, and a star running back in last year's draft, and they're not a great drafting team over the last six, seven years. So in 23 years, the Bears one time have had a top 10 offense. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I mean, Cleveland makes fun of Chicago's offense. So um, when I look at the Chicago Bears, their fans all have these big, strong opinions on offense. You don't get one. You're a defensive culture, a defensive franchise. All your best players are overwhelmingly defense. You can't, the average in the NFL now, like you're an average quarterback if you throw for 4,000 yards and have 30 touchdowns. It's Kirk Cousins. He's thrown for 4,000 yards seven times, 30 touchdowns, probably three or four times. Bears have never had a quarterback do that in all the years. So, and Justin Fields right now, uh, I'm, I'm 60-40, it's going to work. But I, I feel like he's not going to get the drafting, the scheming, the breaks. It's just not, not the infrastructure, the ecosystem of the Bears. They do not get offense. And so my takeaway is the best thing you can do is just get another second, another third. They've got, they've got two fifths. Get another fifth and just roll the dice, draft seven or eight offensive guys, and try to hit on three of them because you're not hitting on seven of seven. It's not going to work. And once again, when they had a job opening, they hired a defensive coach. And their first pick last year, their second pick last year, were defensive players. And once again, it's the offense that gives us occasional highlights. But it's uh, Bear fans, you just don't have a you don't get an opinion on offense. The Vikings can have one. The Packers can have one. By the way, Detroit last year, that offense was great. But. This is Mel Kuyper's mock draft. That's the way to do it. Just keep trading down, trading down. Probably keep Justin Fields because there's no A prospect. Bryce Young at 5'10 and a half, 190 pounds. Probably not an ideal of fit uh, in a cold, windy weather city. Uh, we all know that certain quarterbacks, smaller quarterbacks, uh, are, are tend to be better in warm weather or, or, or domes. We know that. Kyler Murray works much better in an Arizona than he would in a, you know, in Chicago or a Buffalo. In Buffalo, you want Josh Allen. That ball cuts through weather. Brady's ball, cut through weather. Jay Cutler, by the way, strong arm. Aaron Rodgers, Favre, Flacco, cut through bad weather. Teddy Bridgewater got drafted, I think, at one point by Minnesota. That's not a smart pick. Teddy's better like a Tua. You get him down south, warm weather, that works. Here's the uh, Bears GM Ryan Poles this morning being asked if they're sticking with Justin Fields. We're going to do our homework on, on this class. And if something changes, and again, I'll just use the same statement. We got blown away uh, to say, you know what? I think this is best for our organization. Justin did some really good things. I'm excited about where his game's going to go. 
Um, but at the same time, when you sit in our situation at one overall, you have to do your due diligence. You have to investigate everything. You got to spend time with those guys just to make sure we're making the right decision. All right. If there was an A++ prospect, you probably roll the dice and, and move off fields. There isn't. So you give him another year. You're still not paying him a fortune. But getting as many picks as you can, this is a really good tackle draft. It's another, it's a really strong early uh, uh, tight end draft. There's some really good ones first two rounds. Get as many first, seconds, third as you can. Load up heavily on offense. Cross your fingers that Chicago can hit on a couple of them because last year their first offensive pick, you could have called me. I would have told you. That guy... That that USC Tennessee receiver can't track a ball, never could, struggles catching it as a bad pick. That is classic Chicago. Nailed their first two defensive picks, whiffed on their third offensive pick. All right. Um, uh, Green Bay's GM is talking. Combine now, all the GMs are talking. Now, the Knicks won last night. They're very excited. I'd uh, slow down. I, I know you're... <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks are very excited. I'll talk about that coming up. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, my wife's from the Midwest, Michigan, and I, we often talk about this. I, I love Chicago because people are nicer in the Midwest, um, but you have to be careful. You can't be too nice. You can't have people walk all over you. And people on the coasts, and I don't know why, but they're a little more manipulative, a little more selfish, a little more into themselves. People in the Midwest, they work hard, head down. They like what they like. And I always feel like Green Bay is the classic Midwestern sports franchise. 
They're terrified of being irrelevant. And because of that, they've let Aaron Rodgers manipulate them. So uh, Brian Gudenkunst, who seems by all accounts a nice guy, uh, and this is a nice organization, but from the time Bart Starr won like his second championship to Brett Favre, it was like two and a half decades, they couldn't get on TV. They were irrelevant. So they're already the smallest town in professional sports. If Aaron Rodgers left and Jordan Love was no good, they'd be totally irrelevant. It's hard. They still haven't replaced long-term Elway in Denver or Marino in Miami. It's hard. Forget about Chicago and Cleveland getting a great quarterback. And Deshaun Watson's not a great quarterback. So Brian Gudenkunst, talking at the Combine, uh, came out and said, Aaron Rodgers has not told the Packers his plans. Gudenkunst hasn't spoken with him at length at the end of the, since the end of the season at all. Aaron insinuated they did. They haven't. Um, until they have conversations, everything, including trading Aaron, is on the table. And then he was also asked about Jordan Love as a starter, potentially. Is this a hypothetical, or is Jordan Love ready to be an NFL starting quarterback? Yeah, I think he's ready to play, and I think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. Um, he's he's worked really hard. He's shown a lot of progression. Uh, I know he's really eager uh, to have that, and I think that's the next step in his progression is, is to play. So I think Aaron Rodgers, and in a business perspective, it's been very, very smart as a coastal guy has manipulated Green Bay. He knows it. He sees it. They're terrified to be irrelevant. And Favre and Rodgers have made this franchise 30 years of absolutely front-page Fox TV Super Bowl contender relevant. And I think they want to move off Aaron Rodgers. I think they're humiliated and embarrassed, and now they're just not very good even with him. But because of his 24-7 retirement talk now going on four years, he has effectively created a no-trade clause. Most teams can't go all in on Aaron and his salary. And it's brilliant. It's manipulative. It's brilliant by Aaron. So he got the best. So I'm, I'm one of these people. I'm professionally claustrophobic. If I feel trapped by a company, I'm out. I rip the Band-Aid off. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm professionally claustrophobic. If I think I'm getting work, if I think my future's limited, if I, if I feel I'm not getting something, I'm out. I'm like, an old, I'm, I'm like a dealer in Vegas. I'm out. But Green Bay's not going to do that. Because they scared money don't make money. They're paralyzed by this. And so Aaron got the bag and has a no-trade clause without officially having a no-trade clause. Because you look at it and you're like, well, I'm not going to give up two ones and two twos for Aaron Rodgers. He could say no. He'd be leaving a year. So I, I think a small Midwestern market full of well-meaning, earnest people are getting completely worked. There's nothing they can do. They would like to move off. I don't know if Jordan Love is ready. Brian Gudenkunst has done a very good job in the draft. You cannot criticize their drafting and developing. For years, they've had elite offensive lines, and they never draft great linemen in the first round, ever. So I, I totally respect the organization, uh, but I think Aaron, coastal Aaron, has manipulated a little bit the organization. It's really savvy business. It's really smart business. He's got him right where he wants him. They know it, and he knows it, and I think they want to move off him. And there's almost just a tiny little market now for Aaron Rodgers because of the constant retirement talk. I do think he would I do think he would say if it was the right fit, like let's say it's a Tennessee and he likes Vrabel, then I think Aaron would say, I'm in for three years. But Aaron's gonna control this thing. 
He's going to absolutely control it without having an official no trade clause. J Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. It's funny, last week on vacation, I did a lot of reading, Colin, and uh, there was a great quote that jumped out Extreme people get extreme results. And I just looked up Aaron Rodgers' money that he's making this year. He's yeah. being very extreme. $59 million on yeah. the Packers. Which, there are teams out there that have space. I mean, I'll throw one at you. Chicago Bears. Oof. He's going to go to the t- the team, the franchise that he owns. Remember with the belt and the celebration? I know. But I just... he did learn pretty well from Brett Favre how to manipulate no, the nice Bre- Midwesterners. Brett, this would not work if you had an owner. If Stan Kroenke... Yeah or Jeffrey Lurie, or Robert Kraft, or Jerry Jones is hovering above the franchise, you could not do this. But both Favre and Aaron have known, I kind of am the owner. I own the franchise to a large degree, and they have both used it to their benefit. If, if your social guy puts your just your clip there of the Midwesterners getting yes. kind of run over by Aaron Rodgers, are we going to see some Rodgers jerseys getting burned this week in Green no. Bay? Just out of frustration. I'm done with this guy! I am fascinated to see the reaction yes. if they move off Aaron, because fans, you know, it's like when T.O., uh, remember, did he go Philly to Dallas or Dallas to Philly? And overnight, all of a sudden, the new fans loved him. I'd be interested to hear sports radio in Milwaukee if they moved off him. Because then you get people's honest feelings. A lot of fans now, they wear cheese hats. These are 50-year-old people wearing cheese hats. They're not going to give you an honest appraisal. They want their team to win. Yeah. But when, it, when a star gets traded and you feel like you've been used or marginalized or manipulated, then the real passion comes out. And I would be interested to see that. I still believe he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. I, I would agree with you. You know, I'm sorry for scoffing just now when you said the Bears have cap room. Because Favre ended up with the Minnesota Vikings to stick it to the Packers. Yes. That would be something if, if Aaron Rodgers wanted to stick it to Green Bay by going to Chicago. Oh, I think Aaron has a history of being petty. <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Not a tiny one. Uh, all right, first story here. Derek Carr, the bell of the combine ball. He's yeah. already met with the Saints and the Jets this week <gasps> at the combine. <gasps> According to Ian Rappaport, Derek Carr is meeting with Carolina Panthers, which I believe you think yes. have the inside track. Best fit. I think it's the best fit. As well as the Saints and my New York football Jets. Now, before we go on, I need to add, Peter Schrager and other reporters have said the Jets coaching staff not in Indy, but the GM and the scouting department in Indy. So Derek Carr, who just met with the Jets, is meeting with the GM again in Indy. Now, the Jets' front office is literally talking right now. I was looking at it during the last break. What do you make of this? Derek Carr, Jets, Saints, Panthers? Have you wavered at all on where you think he's going to well, end up? Well, let's, let's look at the psychology. So he ended up at Fresno State. So he didn't go to the Pac-12. Like Kawhi Leonard overlooked a little by Pac-12 yeah. schools. So is so you, then Derek Carr goes to the Raiders, and they, in the end, despite him being a life preserver for the franchise, they don't show him respect. So the Pac-12 didn't show him respect. He ended up being better than all those Pac-12 quarterbacks, or most of them. Uh, the Raiders, in the end, don't show him respect. Is Where could Derek sign, and it was just a little stick it to the Raiders? Would it be to stay in the AFC, come back and beat the Raiders? Go look on your schedule. Do the Jets play the Raiders That's this year? good question. I, I, I will check that I, out. I do think stuff like that matters, and I think... I think there's probably a little bit in that in his DNA about overlooked by the big boy colleges, and I made it, and I made, I got rich. And then Raiders, in the end, don't love him, even though he was the one that all the chaos and coaching and front office and players, 
He feels disrespected. Mm-hmm. He could go to Carolina and win, but it wouldn't be sticking it to the Raiders. Right? right? L- let me... Add. The Lamar Jackson stuff in Baltimore is very quiet. Apparently, nothing's leaking out of there. We're hearing every trip that Derek Carr's doing. Why are we hearing everything? What, what To get behind the psychology of it, is this Derek Carr's agent driving up his price? Hey, we're meeting again with the Jets. Or, hey, we're going to meet with the Saints again. And oh, the Panthers, you get three teams. You get maybe a bidding war. Maybe you get to 35 mil a year. Maybe 40. Or it's Derek Carr's people wanting to validate what they always believed is he was disrespected for the Raiders and he would have a very healthy market. I had predicted he'd have a healthy market because I know two teams that are interested. Uh, the Jets being one, Carolina's the other. Yeah. They're absolutely interested. So, so if I told you as a Jets fan. Okay, so here you go. Jets play the Raiders in Vegas. Ooh. So he goes to the Jets. They come back with that defense. If Jared Stidham. And, and he rolls the Raiders. Can we go to that game? Can we take the show on the road? I mean, they're letting first things first go to KC. Why can't the Jets go to Vegas? Good point. Hey. Oh, favoritism by the executive. So if I told you as a Jets fan, I would take Carr over Rodgers in an absolute heartbeat. Okay. You would understand that, right? I get it. Yeah. Uh, Aaron's a Aaron's you know, Aaron's a lot of stuff. Aaron and young receivers, I don't know if it would work. I, I don't know. It'd be fun. It'd be a fantastic story. I don't know if it would, it would worry me. They would be better than now. But okay, so here it is. The Jets play the Raiders in Vegas. You have a date on that? No, no. Okay. The, the, the schedule's not out yet. April, right. April. They Let's go to the next uh, next story. Okay. This probably could be an entire hour, Colin. So Kevin Durant's a two-time NBA champion, but for some reason, these meatballs like Charles Barkley continue to <laughs> blast him for not being a real champion. Okay. Charles Barkley went on some show and said that KD needs to be a clear leader of a championship team to solidify his legacy. Here's the audio. All right. If you go back and look at LeBron, who I really admire and respect, he said this. I did not say this. He says, I had to win a championship without Dwayne to get old heads respect. Kevin, uh, Kobe Bryant said this too. He says, I have to win a championship without Shaq to get these old heads off my back. I, I hold Kevin Durant to the same criteria. He's all-time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. Well, he was the best player for the Warriors, was he not? I know. I would say the the NBA Finals MVP twice, back to back, and I would say, but I would say Steph was the soul of the team. But yeah, but does that? What does that matter? First of all, I I'm going to try to remain calm here because Charles Barkley, great entertainer, but he is a liar. Uh, LeBron (laughs) never said that, and Kevin Durant called him out on social media and said, "Hey, somebody, give me the link." I spent about an hour this morning looking for LeBron saying, I needed to win without Wade. Yes, that, that never happened. LeBron no, I, never said that. I, I don't buy into this appealing to old heads. That I, is garbage. I, I don't care. I, nobody, I mean, do you think, I, I just don't care. I mean, if I was Patrick Mahomes, I don't even care about Brady, and he's like a, a recently old head. Yeah. I don't I don't care. But Kevin Durant, to me, is one of the 10 best basketball players I've ever seen. That's the only way I can say it. He's one of the 10 best. I've said this before. If you did a one-on-one tournament with every player in league history, Jordan and Durant would end up in the finals, and Durant would beat him. Jordan could never stop him. LeBron would tell you he can't stop him. I know people that have – I know a coach, Mark Few Gonzaga, on the USA team with all the best players in the world, and I asked him about it, and I asked him about Durant once. He's like he's virtually the only player I've ever seen, and this includes LeBron. Unstoppable amongst great players, 
completely, utterly unstoppable. So I think he's one of the 10 best players. I think he'd be the best one-on-one player ever. Uh, he's a little brittle at this point, which I worry about. Right. But the other thing is not everybody... Not everybody has to be a leader. Like Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray are gifted. I don't love all their leadership stuff. Brady's a great leader, maybe not as gifted. This A-Rod, A-Rod was great. Was he a leader? Jeter wasn't as talented, but a great leader. Like, I don't buy that every athlete has to be. I would love my quarterbacks to be great leaders. Roger Staubach's an all-time great leader. Aikman was. but I thought Favre was a talent. Was he a leader? He was kind of a gunslinger. Is Aaron Rodgers a leader? I don't. I think Favre and him are similar in that just absolutely generationally gifted. Elway was more of a leader. Marino, to me, was just really talented. So who was the leader on the Kobe, Shaq, Phil Jackson teams? Like, By the I, way. That stuff is so silly and ridiculous. Phil Jackson was the leader. There you go. But I just want to remind people that Charles Barkley, back in his career, yeah. Forced his way, demanded the art. The newspaper articles are there with his quotes. Demanded, get me out of Philadelphia. Here's my list. I want to go to Phoenix. Because you know why? They had gone to the Western Conference Finals twice. They had 50 win teams. Then he couldn't get by Jordan in the finals. He demanded, get me to Houston to play with Clyde Drexler and Olajuwon. Colin, these guys are just so full of garbage and hot air. I know Barkley's probably your friend. Maybe you've had him on the show. But nobody's willing to call him on it and say, look, you said this about getting onto a team that's stacked because you want to win. What's wrong with Kevin Durant and LeBron doing that? Well, I love Barkley. I think he's brilliant. A funny, funny guy. But the truth about Charles was, Charles was a talent. He wasn't a great leader. Never. Charles was a mega talent. I, and I've said this before. There's three ways to score in basketball. Transition, low post perimeter. Charles was an A-plus at all of them. He was he yeah. was transition, big butt in the post, jumpers. A-plus in all. And, and, and I'm telling there's maybe eight players ever. Kobe couldn't score down low as well as Barkley. And Michael Jordan couldn't shoot from distance as well as Barkley. But Charles wasn't a great leader. No. He was just a great, great talent. And that's fine. Uh, final story. This is kind of an interesting situation. So the Mavericks obviously blew that 27-point lead against the Lakers. And after yeah. the game, Jason Kidd talked about the team needing to mature, Colin. And was kind of directing some stuff at Luka Doncic, who was chirping with the refs. He was unhappy that Vanderbilt was riding him up the court. After practice on Monday, Jason Kidd kind of doubled down on pressuring Luka. Here's what he said. My job is to help him get better. I don't know that it's tough love. It's just being honest and seeing where he can be better. The line of communication is always open. I think when you look at our relationship, it's a really healthy and good relationship where he knows I'm trying to help him be accountable and be a leader. He's a young 24, so it's just trying to help him navigate the leadership role and help him be better. I would argue he's an old 24 because he played against pros when he was 15 years old. Also, European kids, more sex, more alcohol than American kids. They they grow up. The culture's different over there. You drink with your parents. You travel more in the country than American kids travel. I mean, the train system. Kids in Europe, they'll go to... A, a, you know, a, a kid in Germany goes to Spain for the weekend with his buddies. But it's a different... I think a 24-year-old European kid is a much older soul than an American kid. I think the, the root of this is the, the relationship with a star and how the coach has to navigate that because we just saw Trey Young run another coach out of Atlanta. Yeah. We know the player is the star. That's who That's who the fans that's are fun. coming to see. Always been that's that who way. sell the jerseys. Always been that so way. So Jason Kidd's got to be careful here. Remember, he was in Milwaukee, could not get over the hump. They get rid of him. Bucks win a title. Listen, Magic got rid of a coach, too. Jordan got rid of coaches. I don't have a problem with that. But I will say this. And when you... We we tend to live in the moment, right? When you insinuate that Luka is essentially 
to me, a better version of James Harden, which is a ball-centric, unstoppable scorer, but because of that style, will probably wear himself out when you get to later rounds of the playoffs. He just has the ball in his hands all the time. Not easy to play with. Ask Porzingis. Ask Kyrie Irving. Ask Jalen Brunson. By the way, we got three examples now. He couldn't get along with Porzingis. He didn't work with... Jalen Brunson was fine, but Jalen Brunson's become a star without him, and now Kyrie and him... Am I wrong? I I will, I refuse to what? accept Luka Doncic slander. He is unbelievable. Okay. And listen, Porzingis, maybe you got to stay healthy, buddy. How about that? Maybe okay, stay well, healthy. Why can't you work with Jalen Brunson? Well, the Mavs screwed that up. Oh, Mark okay. Cuban admittedly f- refused to give him the money he wanted. All right. Then at the end, they tried to come in and Brunson's like, screw well, you. How come the Kyrie thing just doesn't look great? It's been two weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. Has anybody worked with Kyrie? Don't start blaming Luka Doncic, okay? He's a sacred cow in my little sports world. I, th- <laughs> I really do. He got to the Western Conference Finals last year basically by Six himself. years ago, I was told by all you analytic mavens Uh-oh. that James Harden was better than Kobe. No, <laughs> That's what I was being told. <laughs> definitely by- not me. Uh, uh, and there I was like, no, Kobe was a better defender. Kobe, Kobe had some real leadership skills. James Harden's a scorer. I've seen no leadership skills from Luka. I see an unbelievable transformative offensive machine who's ball-centric, couldn't work with Porzingis, couldn't work with Brunson, is not working with Kyrie. I- am I wrong? Where... where- I'll let this old head is a right I'll, head. I'll put together a little uh, argument. This is this is good debate fodder for later. Don't compare Luca to James Harden, please. James Harden, all he does in the postseason is meltdown. Luca, all he does is look at the numbers against the Clippers two years in a row. Nearly beat the Clippers. Kawhi that, and Paul that. George by himself. These guys, I, I stand by Luca's the best player in the NBA. I know you're a Giannis guy. I like him a lot. I I like Luca, and I came to terms with Harden. I couldn't deny his scoring. But we have a history in the NBA. There are players who are just great scorers, and that's where it ends. They're not leaders. They're not great teammates. I, listen, I'm old enough. I started watching the NBA in 1972. I have seen multiple players who are just great scorers. Carmelo Anthony is not a great leader. Didn't trust him in the postseason. He didn't make players well, better. Well, show me the guys that Luka makes better. LeBron Maxi, makes, they, they really miss Maxi Kleber. Magic made everybody better. LeBron makes everybody better. Yes. D. Wade's made teammates better. Chris Paul's made teammates better. Hey, by the way, Michael Jordan didn't make anybody better. Mm. Yeah. He made the Bulls better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not anti-Luka. I, I'd say I'd start a franchise with Giannis, then we get into the Luka discussions. But they're, 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 they're becoming a little bit of a, a reality here on he's kind of going through guys, not making any of them work. And I'm no fan of Porzingis, but Jalen Brunson's now an all-star. Should have made the team. That's on Mark Cuban. It's not Lucas. All right. right. J-Mac with the news. (laughs) Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rocking dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big East Tournament is about to take center stage on Fox and FS1. Catch the action, the drama, and excitement from Madison Square Garden. As the conference's best battle for the crown, it all tips off beginning March 8th on Fox and FS1. By the way, all you Maverick fanboys are out there saying, well, Jalen Brunson and Luka, they got to the Western Conference, but why didn't they sign him? Because Dallas didn't know how good Brunson was until he left because he actually got the ball in his hands because Luka has the ball so much. So part of this is when Brunson explodes in New York, everybody's like, wow, Luka didn't elevate him. It's obviously at times he took shots away and possessions away from Jalen Brunson. I like Luca a ton. I'm just saying new information, new opinion. I got Porzingis. I got Brunson. I got Kyrie. None of it's quite as good as I would hope it would be. I'm just... just this is how you know we got something good going. Cowherd just realized I am a massive Luka Doncic hunk. I will ride Luka Doncic okay. for a while. And now he's just going to needle me daily with these little tweaks about Luka. He's James Harden, isn't he? I think he's a better version of James. But right now, he's a tremendous ball-centric scorer. And that's awesome. And he's a first-bout Hall of Famer. He'll end up being a top-five scorer in league history. But not every great scorer ends up winning a bunch of championships. Not all great scorers are great leaders. Carmelo Anthony's a great—he's a top—isn't Carmelo a top-ten scorer? Where are his leadership skills? I would say Luka's closer to a LeBron James early in his career. Oh, God. Where you worry how good the teammates are. You elevate everybody's play. How many All-Stars Luka played? LeBron's in the best shape of any pro in the last 20 years. 
Yeah, now Luke is, is out there doing smokes and knocking down craft beers. That's what the Europeans do. But he's 24. LeBron hadn't won anything by when he was 24. He went to the finals with a bad team, but Luke is on his way. To a, eight more scoring titles. So this is interesting. So we, we <laughs> talked about this yesterday where uh, uh, it was a Todd McShay came out and said, you know, I would be scared to, to, to death to draft Bryce Young, because he's smaller. And we had Sean Payton, we used this bite multiple times yesterday, saying in the top 10, 15 picks, you don't take small players at any position. You take certain prototype players. And I totally get that. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this last night on this topic. Not, you marry some, you date others. Not every relationship has to be a 15-year relationship. Some of you have purchased things in your life or gotten into businesses where they solve problems for the time being, and that's okay. Outside of my grill, nothing I bought 10 years ago still works. Nothing does. I buy stuff because it helps me for the time being. Not everything has to be a 401k plan. Sometimes you buy a stock, it hits, and you sell it. You've done that. I've done that dozens of times. I keep a stock for less than six months. It's okay. That, those count too. You get taxed at a little different rate perhaps, but you can do that too. Does Bryce Young make the Colts better next year? Yep. Yep. So right now, the Colts are in chaos. With Bryce Young, they'd be better. Now, his body doesn't look like it's going to stand up forever. I'd be worried about that. But I do think a dome team with decent weapons, Bryce Young would make Atlanta better tomorrow. And Indianapolis better tomorrow. And Houston better tomorrow i think he's definitely a dome or a warm weather quarterback played in socal high school alabama and i think he is a very unique talent he was the best high schooler he's arguably the best college quarterback i think he's a very unique player yes he's five ten and a half and a buck 90 and that's just not big enough but the nfl is a year-to-year league i always think about jim harbaugh's coaching staff i swear to god it's a year-to-year proposition this coordinator's out. This coordinator's in. He's going to the NFL. He's coming back. You know, the thing is, Michigan's good every year. It doesn't ruin the program. Not everybody. The transfer portal is a great advantage and a great example, excuse me, of how this works. Sometimes you just got to fill a gap for a year. Sometimes in free agency, you overpay for a player because you're not paying your quarterback anything, and you overpay. I remember when the Seahawks had Russell Wilson, third-round quarterback, weren't paying him anything for four or five years, and they went out and bought Percy Harvin, who barely played. But he was a transitional player. He was an impact player. They didn't need him for a full season. They needed him situationally. They went and got Cliff Averill. They needed an edge rusher. Sometimes the free the transfer portal in college. Sometimes you just need a guy for seven games. Free agency in the NFL. Sometimes you need a guy to plug holes. Not everything's a 10-year plan and a 401k plan. So my takeaway is we have organizations that, that, that the New England Patriots, when they had Tom Brady, drafted another six quarterbacks. I mean, it could be more than that. And some of them, they took Garoppolo in the second round and I think Ryan Mallett at one point. They took a third-round guy. And they had Tom Brady, and he was winning Super Bowls, and they kept drafting quarterbacks. So you draft Bryce Young, and two years from now, you got to draft another quarterback. But what you don't want to be in the NFL is in utter chaos. And right now, Indy, between Ursay and the quarterback situation, Matt Ryan, they're in chaos. they got to get out of chaos. You don't have to be great. Just get out of that mess because everybody gets fired with that mess. Atlanta, a little bit of chaos several years in a row. Houston, utter chaos. Just get out of that space. 
So um, I don't know. I I, I look at the, what sports has become. It's much more transitional than it used to be. The college game now, the transfer portal changes everything. And, you know, I've talked to different coaches about this at the college basketball level. Some guys, it, it, they have a system, and part of their system is going and getting a transfer player just for conference play. <laughs> they, they just need to match up against Kansas on the wing. And that's, it's a one-year proposition. And it works perfectly. It works fine. That's okay. Not everything's forever. And if you look at the teams in this league, I mean, you know, I mean, right now the San Francisco 49ers have Brock Purdy. There's Tom Brady rumors. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to move. They've got Trey Lance. I don't know what they're doing. It's a year-to-year proposition with the Niners at quarterback. Hell, it's a game-to-game proposition. They don't know, but they're not in chaos. They got, they got somebody that can take a snap eventually. And so I, I get, I don't think... Bryce Young is built for a 15-year career. I don't think he is. Well, okay. That GM of the team that drafts him is not going to have that job in 15 years, and the coach is absolutely not going to have that job in 15 years. Andy Reid kept getting to the NFC Championship, and they ran him out. Nobody keeps their job. If Belichick has another lousy season, he's probably going to be in trouble. Am I crazy on this? Not outside. Tell me something you had 10 years ago you purchased, and today you can count on it. Almost everything I buy, even big items, even cars, I lease for two years. What about clothes? You still wear the same gear Never. from 10 years ago? M- nothing. Workout shirts, maybe. Nothing. You just buy things for moments. And you can draft players for three years to get, a, get us out of, a, out of the mud. Get, get us out of the tunnel of confusion. That's okay. Draft enough. I mean, it's so easy to get draft capital in this league. All you have to do is, is, is move an elite player. You get two or three picks. You go from not having enough to having – Chicago could literally accumulate four or five or six more picks by the time the draft hits. And, it's, and we're almost in March, and the draft is in the third week of April. So you think someone will love Bryce Young enough to want to move up and grab him? Well, I, I think Indian – I can see Houston saying, he's the guy we like. We're going to roll the dice. Why wouldn't Houston prefer to say, hey, let's spend all our picks on left tackles and defensive ends and quarterbacks and – then next year, we will add a quarterback, Caleb Williams, to the top because he's way better than Bryce Young. I don't think that's a terrible idea. But Indianapolis, with Ursay's impatience, is not in that space. they got to start winning. And the time is now. Tennessee feels like they're falling off. Indy's got to start winning now. Jacksonville's coming, and they're coming hard. I think it's their division for a while. All right. Hour two around the corner. It's a lively one today. It's the Herd. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.